0: everybody back we are with another episode westvancouver.com west vancouver magazine podcast we have so much fun doing these podcasts and we get to talk to so many important people celebrities and i just get excited about everybody if you've been listening you know I, i say that all the time but it's true and today's guest is no exception he is a professional he is in every sense, a true community builder. And we are talking builder in terms of blocks, hammers, nails. I, I I bet he's got his own little woodworking set back there himself to go out and do it too. But our guest today, of course, is none other than Jeff Kroll. He is the president of British Pacific Properties. Anybody who is anybody in West Vancouver knows the British properties, its history, and its long legacy. In developing our spectacular community, Jeff, welcome to our show.
1: Thank you, Catherine. I'm delighted to be here for my very first ever podcast.
0: Oh my goodness! Well, we'll see if we'll. I always like to invite people back, so I hope it won't be your last. But uh, listen, you are a bit of a a community gem as well as a community builder. I say that only because um, a lot of people don't understand. I grew up around here. You grew up around here. Now, without giving away too much of our ages here, I happen to know you. You're a West Vancouver boy in every sense of the word. You went to high school here. You really know how this community came about. You know what's going on on the street, don't you?
1: I do, and I also consider myself a bit of a historian when it comes to everything British Pacific properties.
0: (laughs) Well, you have worked there a while, Jeff. How long has it been now that you've been involved with BPP?
1: Fifteen years.
0: Oh my goodness! You know, it's it sounds long, but it really isn't when you think about it.
1: And it's gone by pretty quick.
0: I know. And you graduated, of course, and you have friends from West Vancouver. Your family being from West Vancouver, it's Hillside, right? That you're from. Are you a Hillside grad?
1: Go, highwayman. <laughs>
0: Well, the highwaymen were definitely a force to reckon with as I understood it growing up. But whether you're above the highway or below the highway, West Vancouver is a delightful place to live. I know I consider myself very lucky to live here. I do get to live in the British properties as well. But one thing I've noticed over the years is the development um, across the mountain. There's been new homes. There's been new things. There's been so much creativity poured into what is taking place around us, and every successful community must grow. And on that topic, I understand, so we're going to lead in with one of your most exciting announcements, and then we can go back and talk about some of the fun stuff. But an announcement arrived on my desk just last week, I think, that said that BPP, British Pacific Properties, is collaborating with another famous family, West Vancouver, BD Living. Now, I, of course, know Cindy and Ryan BD, Ryan's dad, of course, starting BD Developments. There's brand new collaboration happening. Jeff, tell us about all of this. What does it mean? Here's two new projects. Take it away. Tell us what's happening.
1: Well, we have entitlements for over 800 homes in Rogers Creek. And if Cypress Village gets approved, there'll be another 3,500 new market homes in Cypress Village. And one of our guiding principles as a company is be a small giant, which means we focus on getting better rather than getting bigger. So how do we deliver all these homes in a timely fashion without getting bigger? Well, we find someone to work with us, someone who shares the same core values, someone who has the same dedication to quality and customer service, someone who shares our commitment to community, and someone who shares our vision for the future. And the people at Beatty checked all those boxes. So... Adding Beatty to our team on these two projects, the Hawksley and Wildwood, gives us the horsepower and the scale to deliver homes quickly and efficient, efficiently without sacrificing quality. So we're pretty excited to uh, to supercharge our team and uh, get going with Beatty on these two projects.
0: Well, BPP is known as kind of a fancy-pantsy neighborhood, all right, and we're good with that. I'm sorry, it's lovely up here. The views are magnificent. The craftsmen in some of the homes, I mean, the older homes are, are being improved upon. And with the announcement, again, you've mentioned Cypress Village, which I think most of us are familiar with. It's been in development for a, a while now and is continuing with development. And now the announcement of Hawksley and Wildwood in the uplands neighborhood now we're going to throw in some maps so anybody listening you can check in below and click links and get more information about the exact geography or topography that we're talking about here but it is going to be Um, You know, let's just say it. West Vancouver is known for monster homes, but we can't really sustain that, I think. There are smaller homes planned in these projects and your projects as well. The joining of these two kind of things, you're known for a West Coast modern aesthetic. I mean, some of these things just look that they were made to be. Right on the hillside, it just looks so natural, you know, and they're so beautiful as well. They look very, very pretty as well. So tell us how this alliance with Beattie is going to impact the design of these projects moving forward.
1: Well, first, as you mentioned, West Vancouver needs a broader variety of diversity housing. And we also want to preserve more green space. So the new Uplands neighborhood where Hawksley and Wildwood are delivers on both fronts. So by clustering the homes, reducing home sizes, and delivering amenity in the form of proximity and access to nature, it allows us to reduce the price point for home ownership for young families and offer choice to downsizers. As you know, the demographic trend in West Vancouver is not healthy. Young people are leaving the community, young families are not coming back in, empty nesters are being forced to leave the community to find housing that meets their changing needs. Mm -hmm. So these projects in particular will help change that demographic trend we can welcome back young people and retain the longtime citizens in the community. And the other side of this is is the design side, the West Coast modern design that you referred to, where pioneers such as Arthur Erickson and Ron Tom cut their teeth designing innovative new homes in West Vancouver, and in particular, the British Properties. The British Properties is full of these architectural gems. So both the Hoxley and the Wildwood have already been designed by BPP, using respected local architects in the West Coast modern style. Um, and what Bringing BD in allows us to do is allows us to leverage their experience and their scale on the execution that will allow us, for example, to fine-tune the floor plans, the interior design, and the menus of the homes to meet the needs of today's fast-changing market, while staying true to the West Coast modern inspiration that we've built these projects on.
0: It is, it is, I mean, when we start throwing all these names out and all these kind of subdivisions and we start talking about uplands, it seems... Huge, but I think frame this for us: the vision is large, the undertaking is enormous, and the time commitment that BPP and now BD as well is willing to invest in this. I think that really, what does that say?
1: Well, we've always played the long game. We've we've been here since 1931. It's always been a steady, slow, not fast progression across the hillside and we've and we've evolved from from the uh, the 30s and the 40s and 50s to where we are today and uh, we're we're addressing the needs of the community um, and we have to do it in a thoughtful um, step-by-step manner that we can create a community on the hillside that meets the needs of both the new residents and, and the community that's already here
0: it is It is a tough puzzle, and I mean, we are halfway up a mountain here, you know. It is, <laughs> the terrain itself presents a ton of challenges. So let's address some of these, and then I've got some really fun things that we could talk about here after this. But I think there's people out there that really want to know this. Now, Cypress Village is so important to BPP, and it's so important that you do it right. Now, some criticism is out there saying You know this mountainside is getting way too busy. There's going to be so much traffic. There's going to be, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? So, tell us, how are you addressing all of these kind of comments that are coming your way?
1: Well, it's it's funny when we did the Rogers Creek Plan back in two thousand eight. You know, the number one concern was the environment. Now, uh, you know, thirteen years later, it's it's traffic and housing affordability. And traffic is a major concern in West Vancouver, and so it should be. If you look at where West Vancouver sits, it's on the intersection of Highway, Highway 1, which is the main east-west artery in the lower mainland, and Highway 99, which is the main north-south artery that goes from the U.S. border to Whistler and beyond. <laughs> and and right. it also has, a, it has a, a large ferry terminal that connects <laughs> to the Sunshine Coast to Vancouver Island, a popular ski hill, and the most visited provincial park in the province, in Cyprus Provincial Park. So, anything we do in Cypress Village will pale in comparison to the existing and future traffic generated by Highway 1, Highway 99, Horseshoe Bay Ferries, and Cypress Provincial Park. And in fact, the traffic studies we've done to date show even after the full build out of Cypress Village, the traffic, new jet traffic generated by that, is actually less than the daily variation you would see on any of the two major bridges. So. Having said that, there's a lot that we are doing and we have committed to do to reduce traffic. So first and foremost, we are creating a complete community where it is truly possible to live, work, and play without getting into a car. Uh, The village will provide all the amenities and services that people need on a daily basis, and we are building employment areas along with the residential areas. So as you know, growing up in the British properties, you had to hop in your car to get a cup of coffee, a quart of milk, (laughs) Uh, do anything, right? Trick-or-treating
0: so, was hell. Forget it.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mother so, had to uh, drive
0: us up and down the driveways. It was kind of stupid.
1: It was. It was probably dark, too. It wasn't safe. It was safe. awful. So, so um, people don't want to do that anymore. They can't get to Park Royal from the British Properties on a Friday afternoon because of traffic. So that is we're going to give them an yeah. alternative. So, So secondly, we're also committed to a developer-funded transit system day one. They'll provide regular, reliable service to Ambleside and Park Royal using hey, electric hey. using electric buses. So Park Royal is the busiest and most well-served transit stop in West Vancouver. So there we can connect to the whole regional transit system. So not only are we providing public transit at no cost to the taxpayer, it'll be carbon-free. Thirdly, wow. we're providing other transportation alternatives to the alternative to the single-occupancy car, such as an integrated system of walking and biking paths, and some of those are being built now if you've got a chance check them out they're amazing and electric car sharing and i think another thing just getting back to the traffic that's already here on the mountainside cypress provincial park is the most visited park in the province is over a million it? cars it is and over a million cars a year travel up and down cypress bull road none of it by public transit so if we can work with cypress mount and the province to get even a small percentage of those visitors on an electrical electric shuttle from the village that ties into bc BPP's transit, which in turn ties into the regional transit, we can not only reduce traffic, we can reduce pressure on the on mountain parking facilities, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So we're up for the challenge.
0: Wow! So that even adds further to the enormity of the plan. And again, we keep using words like enormous and large, and you know, long scale. But again, as you so um, precisely said at the beginning, to do it right and keep keep the focus. Not small, but I guess, you know, to understand the grander scale, but then focus it down properly into where it, you know, where it rightly fits into the community is, again, something that takes an enormous amount of talent to do and to just elaborate a little bit on what you said there. If we did nothing, if we developed nothing more across this mountainside, I agree with you to the point that I think these roads are gonna get busier and worse unless somebody steps in with a reason to not make us drive down the hill every day and adding amenities and stores. I think that's fantastic. I've waited for something above this highway for years, for years, 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 years. Everybody has because the traffic's all north, south and east, west. And if we can stay in our little coves and walk somewhere, oh, my gosh, anybody who grew up in the British properties to actually consider, well, we used to kind of walk to school, I guess. But, um, no, it, it just sounds like doing nothing isn't a solution either, Jeff, and if BPP and BD can come together and provide these kind of amenities, it it does definitely sound like a plus, like we're heading in the right direction with that. Now, speaking of the right direction, environmental protection has been an enormous part of the overall thought and process in planning pretty much anything moving forward. And we also are on a mountainside. We've talked a little bit about that and all the unique set of challenges that come with that. Can you elaborate on those two topics for us briefly?
1: Yes. So if you go back to our guiding principles as a company, the number one is reverence for nature. We have to respect and conserve the natural environment that we have. So we have to stay away from areas that are sensitive. We have to protect as much green space as we can, and that's why we're we're going vertically uh, with the new buildings, with apartments and, and townhomes and cluster homes, and where we don't have to spread across a hillside like we like we did in the 50s when you. Just had single-family houses marching across the hillside. So, we have an opportunity here to to set aside these areas, these green areas, in perpetuity. Um, and on top of that, it's what we do on a day-to-day basis as well. I think we're from a sediment and erosion control basis. I think we're we have the best practices in the industry from keeping uh, the, uh, the the waterways that go through our uh, development sites clean and uh, safe and healthy for fish. And it's in everything we do. We we always have to think about, well, what's the impact on the environment what's the impact on the environment let's let's do the things that that are not harmful and and you know by by developing a community that is walkable uh we can reduce greenhouse gases we can start finally to address climate change by getting people out of their cars and having uh, a a community where where uh with based on a low carbon future that's where that's where we're going for all our heating and cooling uh, and hot water heating, we're going to uh, zero carbon, zero emissions as much as we can to set an example and be a leader in the industry.
0: There you go. There is a lot of moving parts these days, but, you know, I, I get an awful lot of information about the environment, this and that and the next thing. And I'm going to challenge, as a developer, as as builders, as as community locals who live here you must know more about this than pretty much anyone on the planet really at this point in time in terms of you know people from outside the community may be coming to develop as i said you're a local family the bds i know live locally as well and and these things just seem to be a perfect mix here i'm really excited about the fact that you know that you are right here you know you're not you're not in some overseas office somewhere you are right here you got to drive these roads every day you got to watch watch the sand and silt running down during floods like we're having today. We're having one of our famous rainstorms today. The, the fact that you know that this occurs, and it didn't just arrive on your desk on a piece of paper, you know, you look out your window, and you see it, and you drive through it, just like all of us do. So I think that's got to be a heck of an advantage in the long term. You know, maybe you don't want to know about it that badly, but the fact that it's right there in front of you has to have an impact for you as well, I would think. So, hey, so it, it, it's the instant
1: <laughs> feedback loop if there's a problem in the creeks i will get a call <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what time or day and i got i got to take responsibility for that and that's a responsibility i don't take lightly so i'm i'm happy to uh, uh set set the example and and uh and and you know the buck stops here so if the
0: yeah so
1: if i'm offside with the stream keepers i uh, i'm going to hear about it
0: Well, and that's it, too. You do know about the Stream Keepers. You do know about the Coho Festival. Heck, I've even seen you flipping burgers down at the Coho Festival. You're not going to get this from offshore developers, as I said, or somebody sitting in the proverbial ivory tower. You, You can't get any closer to what you're actually doing than what you are proceeding to plan here. Now, let's go with this one. There's some exciting announcements here. You've just announced a partnership with the District of West Vancouver and the North Shore Mountain Bike Association, all these healthy people, okay? And you're going to actually have biking trails in the areas, in Cypress Village and I imagine in the new um, Hawksley and anything in the Uplands area. Tell us about this. This sounds super, super fun.
1: Well, this all started back in 2007 when we we're planning Rogers Creek. And what was great about the Rogers Creek plan it was collaborative. It was a community-driven plan. And one one part of the community that came out were the mountain bikers. They said we need we need to talk to you about these mountain bike trails that have been built in our property over the years and on district land and and, and the parks as well. And uh, so, but they they came with us. We want to work with you. We want to collaborate. And that's what this is. This is. This is a culmination of, of a lot of hard work to figure out. How do we do that? How do we, between us and the district and, and the mountain bikers, um, have have mountain bike trails? And, and these mount, like sometimes people think about mountain bike trails like the Valley Trail, and we're building those right now, but these are serious, hardcore downhill trails that I have a hard time walking up and down, let alone on a bike. Uh, but that, you know, the North Shore is known worldwide, the shore for mountain biking. So this is a real good first step. How do we... How do we um, have a framework that makes everybody happy? And, and so the North Shore Mountain Bike Association, who have worked very hard over the last few years or decades, figuring out how to do it in North Van, are now bringing that expertise into West Van. So this is really a stepping stone, I think, for a much larger plan. So uh, we're excited to be part of it. Uh, it's a long time coming, and I think it's really important to show how when the community comes together and has common goals and works together, what you can you can accomplish.
0: You know, I think that's great. I'm not a mountain biker, but I did have the privilege of visiting your Cyprus a village sort of pop-up little area there. Wow, is that ever great. The only way to get a good view of the city before, if you weren't at the top of the mountain, was the Cypress Bowl lookout. Now there's this Cyprus village area. It's picnic area right now, but I hear there's a restaurant coming. There's even, I bring this up because if I am not mistaken, there was an area for mountain bikers to kind of service their bikes and everything right there. I mean, that was the first real sign of uh life as i saw it above the highway here that wasn't just a home to live in i thought oh my gosh this is a gathering place and the night that we spent there during harmony arts festival mind you it was a special night but um I just can't wait to see that come along. So if I have a wish list about the exciting things, and I want to hear your exciting things, um, boy, little markets, picnic places, the mountain biking element, the walking to somewhere, maybe even another little restaurant or two. Wouldn't that be cool? So to wrap up, Jeff, give us um, any other areas here you'd like to highlight with us that we've maybe forgot. Anything else super exciting and secret that's coming?
1: Well, I think you raised a really good point about the pop-up village, uh, the boat shed hospitality group who run the boat shed at Ambleside and just opened up Glen Eagles. They're about to open a coffee shop with a pizza oven and beers on tap. And the deal I did with the Mount Bikers down in 2008 was they said, look, if you give us a bike wash and washrooms and a parking area, we'll drink all the beer you got. So that's that's it, that's the promise that's finally been kept uh 13 years later. So uh, we have that coming and 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 it's really a taster of what the village could be. It's to show people that the village is for everybody. It's not just for people who live there. It's for people who want to see that view, to have that access to the trails. Uh there's a bunch of new trails coming in and there'll be announcements about that. This we're building this super cool uh trestle that's a wooden trestle that the um Upper Mountain Path goes along uh, that I think will be a uh, Instagrammable place for everybody. <laughs> So there's we oh, need uh, a few the,
0: of those, don't we? We gotta get on Instagram for sure. <laughs> yeah. So
1: so the pop-up village is just just the start. There's lots more coming down the pipe. We're pretty excited about it.
0: Wow, well if there's lots more coming down on the pike here, I'm going to be inviting you back a lot more on the air. Jeff, thank you for being with us today. Will you come back and chat with us again soon?
1: I would love to. Now that I've done it the first time, I'm I'm ready to do it again. And and just in closing, uh Catherine, I just want to say what a great job that you and Craig do with westvancouver.com, northvancouver.com, being part of the community, supporting the community, and you're always there for us. So thank you. Oh,
0: listen, that, that means more to me than you no sir. You build it with the bricks and the wood, and we'll build it digitally. And together, everybody, everyone listening today, we can enjoy it. As a true West Vancouverite, it is a privilege to live in a community of this nature and it's a privilege to have community builders again jeff thank you so much for joining us today everybody online whether you're listening online podcasts we can be found westvancouver.com all the usual places subscribe to us we are available on apple we're available on spotify anywhere you get your normal podcast fix you will find us by all means give us a search if you're not go straight westvancouver.com type it right in and until then everybody oh more information by the way about everything we've chatted about today will be included in the links below clicks through to the sites we have some maps we have some more information and as you heard jeff lives here too so call him up i'm sure he'll be thrilled to hear from you absolutely input is important so on that note everybody i hope you will definitely stay in touch and save me a smile